0: When I wake up in the morning
1: are back welcome ladies and gentlemen to the high button podcast that was a little bill withers right there if you don't know who bill withers is youtube bill withers i know you have a lot of time on your hands if you want to listen to some good classic music listen to bill bill will kill some time for you kill bill no pun intended uh that didn't make sense idiot Okay, so welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I might have said that already. My name is Justin Boulanger. I am your host. I hope you're doing well. It's April 7th, 2020. What a year 2020 has been! I don't need to explain myself. A lot of this coronavirus, uh, you know, disease that's going around, all I'm doing on an everyday basis, every. I can't even talk right now. What I'm doing. Every single day is read and reacting. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at the news. Well, I'm not really even looking at the news anymore. They're just saying the same thing. But Twitter is my number one go-to source for information. I, it's, I'm probably wrong by saying that, but I don't know. Twitter make kind of makes fun of it. They have fun with it. If, I, if I'm going to die from a disease, I want to die laughing, having fun with it. So Twitter is my go-to for information about this whole uh, pandemic. And like I said, it's read and react. Even when I'm running on the street, like I'll go out and, uh, go for not read, I'll go out and run. And, uh, you know, there's still people out there, but it's a lot of read and react, right? Is is this guy going to the right side of the sidewalk? Okay. I'm going to go left side of the sidewalk. You got to stay six feet apart. You know what I mean? So a lot of read and reacting for, uh, for my life here. Um, I do feel a little guilty by going out for a run, but someone posted a, a cool quote the other day. It was, Do it alone or stay home. So when I go for my runs, I say I'm alone. No one's near me. And like I said, I read and react. When someone's running my way, I just run the opposite way six feet apart. And then I run back onto the sidewalk. And I think I'm being safe. But I I can't stay inside. I'm just going going nuts. I'm just losing my mind here. As I'm sure all of you are as well. But anyways, we're going to figure this one out. We're going to ride it out we're tough maritimers that's what we do and if you're listening to this outside of the maritimes i don't know wherever the hell you are uh you know i guess if you do listen to this podcast you're, you're considered a maritimer you can be it's kind of an underground podcast so anyways good luck have fun stay safe today on the high button podcast we have a very exciting guest jeremy mckenna if you don't know this stud by now Played for the Moncton Wildcats the past one, two, three, four years. Looking at his uh, elite prospects here. Recently signed with the Toronto Marlies in the AHL. If you don't know who the Toronto Marlies are, they're the affiliation team to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So essentially what I'm saying here, folks, is that Jeremy McKenna is one step away from playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know about you, but I'm not one step away from doing anything really significant in my life. This guy's one step away from playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, so... The fact that he thinks of high-button sports to to, to come on our podcast, that's a big deal. Um, I'm just going to read you this guy's stat line in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playing for the Moncton Wildcats. Rookie season, 66 games played, 16 goals, 10 assists for 26 points. Second season in the queue with the Moncton Wildcats, 68 games played, 36 goals, 41 assists with 77 points. Third season in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playing for the Moncton Wildcats, 68 games played, 45 goals, 52 assists for 97 points. Fourth season playing in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for the Moncton Wildcats. 57 games played, 40 goals, 42 assists with 82 points. I'm not a mathematician here, folks, but if you look at these guys, this guy's stat line, every single year he's getting better. I know that last year he only finished with 82 points, but it's only because he played 57 games. Me and dudes were actually up in Moncton this past uh this past year because we were miking up Luke Henman who played for Armada and uh they were practicing in Moncton and we ended up getting snowed in in Moncton so we messaged uh Jeremy friend of the show or he's uh, he's about to be after this podcast but we just noticed that he liked some of our stuff on Instagram and Facebook and stuff so we're like okay this Jeremy McKenna guy kind of a big deal he's liking our stuff let's see if he can hook us up with some tickets so uh we just shot him a DM and We were stuck in Moncton, snowed in in Moncton for the night. We got a hotel, and then we found out that Moncton was playing. So we shot him a DM, said, hey, Jeremy, what's up, buddy? What's going on? Any chance we can get a couple tickets for tonight's game? And I think within two minutes, he replied, yep, no problem, boys. You know, pick them up at will call you guys are good to go so that just kind of goes to show you what kind of guy jeremy is i haven't even met him in real life this is the first time i'm going to be talking to him but we tried to gather some information up on him uh, as much as we could before this podcast and everyone just says he's he's just a great guy he's a a perfect human being and uh yeah so i'm excited to talk to him coming all the way out all the way out oh is db saying he's from alberta but i thought he was from pei so there we go we'll have to clear that up on the podcast there we go uh so yeah, we hope you enjoy this podcast. It's over uh, Skype. I know we did the Terry Ryan uh, podcast, and it wasn't it was it was good. the The audio quality, his audio quality, ours wasn't the best, but I'm pretty sure we fixed it up. Uh, so this podcast is going to be myself, Justin Belanger, also Matthew Doodley, and then, like I said, once again, it's going to be Jeremy M- Jibber, Jeremy McKenna. So we hope you enjoy. Please, people, stay safe. Wash your hands. Shower. Wash your clothes eat healthy tons of vitamin b apparently is good for you uh stay six feet apart from people isolate yourself do it alone or stay home that's all i gotta say all right we hope you enjoy this podcast high button you know what comes next here we go i think we're going all right jeremy welcome to the show man i appreciate it
2: Thanks for having me. How's
1: uh, how's life in Summerside PEI right now?
2: It's good. It's pretty uh, pretty quiet. Just uh, enjoying some time at home with family and trying to do my part in the community, the social distance and everything, and <laughs> just uh, doing my best.
1: What's the number one home go-to workout? Just push-ups, chin-ups, dips? How do you stay no, in shape? I, got a,
2: I have a full garage jam in my house, so I got barbell weights i got everything i need so i've been i've been grinding here at home on the weights so it's been it's been good to kind of keep my mind off everything
3: no excuses then hey come camp time you should be tip-top shape exactly i'll be ready to go
1: (laughs) that's another thing i didn't even really think about right now if you're going into like the season's over but training camp like that time who knows when it's going to start it could start on time it could start late it could not like who knows what's gonna it happen could not even start you just you just always have to stay in shape
2: you can't like take a couple weeks off because it could start right away yeah you just have to kind of i'm just kind of preparing like it's going to be september like usual so just yeah. kind of put some muscle on now and then get quicker and lean out and be
3: ready to go so is summerside where is that where you were born or were you born out west i think i read something about alberta maybe
2: yeah, I was I was born in uh Canmore, Alberta, so my uh my dad's from Charlottetown and my mom's actually from uh, Peabody, Massachusetts, so she's American. Oh yeah. They oh, wow. met here. At, they met uh, at UPEI and moved uh, out west to open a Wendy's restaurant in uh Canmore, so. No way. That's where I was born. Yeah. That's that's uh where I was born and spent my first 5, 6 years there and then uh family decided to move back to a PEI just to kind of raise a family and uh live here so it's been good. Who
1: was your hockey influence at that young of an age? Was your dad a player?
2: Yeah, my dad played at UPEI, uh he was a defenseman. Okay. Kind of got me started and watching hockey, uh watching the Flames uh playoff cup run was kind of something that uh I loved to love to watch and having the outdoor rink and I just loved every minute of it and I still uh still love it so it's good.
3: So where boats is Canmore there is it like towards Fort Mac or is it closer to
2: Calgary? It's closer to Calgary it's it's uh 20 minutes from Banff it's like right in the heart of oh. the Rocky Mountains so wow so it sounds like actually, a want to be no last summer I was there uh when I was in Calgary uh training for a bit I went back to Canmore actually with my cousin uh and so it was pretty special to to see it again and you know you don't really remember what it was like when you were younger but uh, it's unbelievable the mountains and it's kind of hard to i've been lucky i get to see the mountains and the ocean here so it's been pretty cool
3: true you get to see it all i never really even thought about that i was gonna say um it must be a big difference going from you know the rocky mountains to summerside pei which is where you are now but uh was there a difference in the hockey that you remember at a young age, like coming from Canmore to Summerside, or was it relatively the same at that age point?
2: Um, well, I was young, but one thing I remember from Canmore was I played in the uh, outdoor league, <clears throat> which was pretty cool. So that's something that's not around uh, the Maritimes, but it was, it was just a league where you played in outdoor rinks as a kid and played against different teams, just an organized a separate league from minor hockey. I thought that was pretty cool. And, I can still remember uh, going to games there, and that was a lot of fun outside. So, did you play both? They, like the indoor minor
3: hockey and the outdoor league.
2: Yeah, you you could play both. So it was it was wow. kind of separate teams.
3: It was pretty nice. It's cool. I mean, that sounds like the dream right there. The hell with the NHL. That sounds unreal.
2: Yeah, it's it's it was cool for sure. I I uh, I think it's a great idea for. Uh, I know it's a lot of hockey, but it's a it's a great idea and a lot of fun to be playing outside.
1: Jeremy, what's well, your favorite order at the Granville Diner?
2: Yeah, uh, for people that don't know, uh, I don't know how you don't know by now, but my parents <laughs> own a restaurant, so I spend a lot of time there, uh, especially in the summertime, but my go-to is steak and eggs in the morning. It's my favorite.
1: They ever make you go so back and like,
2: oh, sorry, keep going. Get that protein in the morning before workout and ready to attack the day
1: did they ever make you go back in, like the dish pit and like wash dishes or anything like that?
2: Yeah. I, uh, I work there in the summers still, uh, it's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday when it's the busiest. I, uh, just go in and kind of help when I can either help the dishwasher or in the kitchen. uh, usually doing toast on busy Sundays cause every breakfast plate has toast. So you need somebody with soft hands in there, uh, Doing the toast and butter, so it's uh it's an important job. That's that's what my dad keeps telling me. So, well,
1: what kind of toasters? What, do. The, what kind of toasters do they have back there? Do they have like the the pop up ones, or do they have the ones that you slide in and it like heats as it goes, and then it comes down the bottom?
2: No, it's it's uh pop down one. I think there's there's four or two. So yeah, really? yeah, it's the Cadillac of toasters. So the
3: Cadillac of toasters. <laughs> If anyone doesn't know. So are you giving credit to your silky hands, to the toaster, from your parents making you work in the toast pit, or what? Uh, it's, it's definitely
2: part of it, I would say. <laughs> it's,
3: so did they open it, it, or they just come here and, and take it over?
2: No, they, uh, they opened it in 2006. Oh, wow. So it was in a different location, but they moved locations uh, – on, uh, still on Granville Street, but it's kind of by the source. It's by the source of sports now, so it's up the street a little bit. So it's been good. It's uh, it's been doing well, and the best, definitely the best food in Summerside and in PEI. I noticed that's sick.
1: I noticed that you're playing, uh, not playing, but you're training with Crosby in the summertime. I saw some sick pictures and video of uh, you and him. Do you have any like Crosby stories about playing with him in the summer? Anything like that?
2: yeah i have actually a good story um i was driving up to halifax to uh train with alexi pianosy uh the pittsburgh strength yeah. guy and j- skate with joe plandowski so he had a workout playing for 11 o'clock uh at the bmo soccer center so i was driving up there and i got a text at like ten thirty, like oh it's gonna be half hour late later so i thought Oh, okay it's must be running a little late. So I, I just kind of walk in there and just kind of stretching out from the drive. And I walk in the door and I see Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon in there training. So I like kind of just took a step back and my jaw dropped. And Alexi was like, Oh, just uh, can you just wait outside till uh, the boys are done? So I was like, Yeah, I don't want to intrude or anything. I look over and Crosby's like, No, it's all right. He can stay. It's fine. What? So I like, I go and sit down, and like start to stretch and I'm just watching them train and stuff and watching Crosby. He's there with Andy O'Brien and watching McKinnon, how explosive he is. And then after Crosby just comes and sits down, and like starts chatting with me, asking where I played and where I'm from and stuff and asking about the Quebec league. And, and then he goes, Oh, so did you bring your gear over here? Uh, for the weekend and i was like yeah i'm gonna be skating with jill he's like oh we're on the ice uh wednesday and friday at 11 o'clock if you want to come i was like yeah i'm gonna be there
1: i'll be <laughs> yeah. there early like you want me to fill the water yeah. bottles or what do you want me to do like do you <laughs> want, <what?
4: laughs>
2: so uh then nate mckinnon came over and introduced himself like like i didn't know him or something know who he was or something and then we get on the ice uh Noah Dobson was there too, one of my best friends, and I remember we were just skating around early and just like talking about how sick it was and how we got to watch these guys, and Taylor Hall was there too, so we were talking about him, and then Crosby came out, and I wasn't really starstruck in the dressing room from seeing him, but whenever I saw him with his gear on, I was just like, oh my god. It dude. becomes real then, right? That's that's what you see yeah. on TV,
3: that's what you, see. you watch in the Olympics, it's Crosby in his gear, you can... You can p- pick up Crosby and his gear without even looking at him, man. I-, I understand exactly what you mean. That's sick.
2: Yeah. And then um, we got the first few drills on. We got the nerves out. Didn't run into anybody. Didn't uh, hurt anybody with a sh- shot in the ankle or anything. And <laughs> the, coach is, the, the coach is there explaining a the drill, and McKinnon's over stick handling, like not even paying attention to the drill. The coach is explaining. He's like, uh, Nate goes hey Jeremy I see you out here and I just kind of like chuckled because all the boys were there he's like don't think I didn't look you up on Elite Prospects last night and check your yeah. stats out 40 <laughs> goals last year 45 goals <laughs> uh, everybody was laughing at that it was kind of was yeah kind you're of not you're forward. not there
1: by mistake you're not just some bum rolling in off the street like just passing pucks you're there for a reason
2: <laughs> yeah for sure like yeah. they wouldn't just let me on the ice you know yeah anyway that's <laughs> That was my Crosby story from the summer. At least you oh, have a Crosby that story. Summer? That's insane. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that was just, that, dudes. That was this past summer. At least, yeah, That's it was cool. this past summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's when Hall and all them came up. Yeah. That's right. Oh, well, um, I know that you and Dobson are good buddies, and you guys played over in Austria. In Austria. Yeah. What was that like playing over there with a good buddy uh, like Noah? Noah's a friend of the show as well. I don't know him as well, obviously, as you do. But what was it like playing over there, uh, another side of the world, at the the Red Bull team? Because he had nothing but yeah. good things to say about it.
2: Yeah, we uh, we grew up together, and then uh, we ended up going over there. He was actually there a couple of weeks before me, so he kind of told me what it was like And when I was, uh, you know, trying to – Figure out what team I was going to play for that year. He was just telling me like how amazing it was and the facility. So it was it was a great year. We got to travel a lot and see some different places, uh, you know, that you usually don't get to see. We got to uh, go to like uh, Budapest, Hungary, play hockey there, Prague, all through Switzerland. Like things, cool things you got to see. So it was a great year and um one thing i will say about it is the the way they train there it's i'm not surprised to see how many germans and germans go into the final and olympics and stuff like that like i'm not surprised to see see the next wave of players coming out of there kind of making a splash the way they they train is uh is is the next level for sure wow
1: Dudes, you got one lined up or I got the next one?
2: No, I just
3: want to know how, um, how you end up like finding out about that place. Was he? Do you say Dobson was there like a full year before you or he just got up there a little bit before you did? No,
2: he was there a couple of weeks uh, before me. And uh, Brian Savage, who uh, played in the NHL, he was there, uh, the, um, kind of the scouter there. And he uh, reached out to me and asked how I'd like to go over kind of for a tryout to see how I like it. And, see how it would go. And I went over and loved it. It was a good, uh, good year to just kind of train and get myself ready for the, for the Quebec league and kind of keep working on my game, work on, work on, uh, you know, the train, the ice training as well. And shooting pucks and stuff like that, working on your skills. So it was, uh, it was a good year and I really enjoyed it out there.
1: Was it all you could drink Red Bull when you were there?
2: Yeah, it was, unlimited red bulls it's probably probably wasn't the best thing (laughs) because i still still drink them before the game now do you
1: actually they have do they have them in
2: Moncton's dressing room no i uh i get them myself
1: you got to sneak them in coach doesn't want you drinking them you got to sneak them in
3: (laughs) he shotgun them in the bathroom before the game (laughs) (laughs) speaking of Moncton, actually what a next level rank that they have there oh yeah i know
1: Thanks for the That's tickets, it.
3: by the way. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No That's what I was going to say. And we had dynamite seats, which was wicked. But man, that rink feels like—you know what it feels like to me—is kind of like the Colisée in Quebec, is just how like big and tall and grand it is, and how lit up it is. Man, what a unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I know when I came came into the league, they were they were talking about uh, opening a new rink. So when it finally happened, it was it was special and just it's it's a great facility it's they they went they traveled to all different kinds of rinks football field everything college football just to see different setups and how they wanted to do it uh do it for our team so they uh left no stone unturned and it's a it's a great rink and just the, the setup for the players is unbelievable like you walk in you got your own stall, dry stall to put your clothes in. You got the stick rack, all, the stick table, and then all the hot tubs, cold tubs. The the gym is unbelievable, like turf in the gym, like oh, crazy. I yeah. didn't
3: know that, that they, they traveled all around to check out other rinks and stadiums, man. That's a cool little fact that actually really makes me appreciate it a little bit more is that they put the, a lot of that like effort and, and time and thought into – have a great place for not only the fans, but the players, man. And uh, I know it's, uh, they got a bunch of bars on every corner. So I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. It was a good city to get snowed into.
3: For sure.
2: Like, I Lots remember. we
1: Yeah. That no, was a great time. Um, next question. Which is on my phone, which is locked up. Um, playing hockey <laughs> with the neighbor kids with Dobby in the neighborhood, roller hockey. What's that about?
2: Yeah, so um, we we love, we like rollerblading, so oh, we would go rollerblading and stuff, kind of passing the ball around and all the, we live in like, it's called Gavin Estate, so it's a neighborhood here in Summerside, it's kind of the big neighborhood in town, so. Old, oh, big, uh, big home. Yeah, so lots of kids, uh lots of kids saw us, so. Uh, in one of the cul-de-sacs we kind of started playing uh we started playing uh, roller hockey so we kind of started our own league called the gavin estate hockey league and uh, <laughs> so we have like a group uh group chat with all the kids and we kind of just send in times who can make it and we we play with like you know there's some ju- some junior a kids, some major kids and some like bantam age kids and we all just play roller hockey and uh one day in the summer we were playing and just like a perfect day outside, like 20 degrees, like shirt tarps off, playing roller hockey with all these kids. And I was I was playing against Dobby and we we're really competitive. And I kind of got the ball and was looking to try to hit the post to get a goal. and I shoot, it goes through a hole in the net and I see the ball flying and it's skipping on the cement, skip, skip, hits the neighbor's, bmw car right <laughs> right like by the tire so i was like oh no like my first reaction was to just skate away like skate home as hard as i could but oh I yeah like, got roller he's, blade. There. <laughs> he's there mowing his lawn so i was like oh no so he got my uh, insurance information and i no. called my parent my dad and we ended up having to pay for it so that kind of took a dent in my uh roller hockey career but how it's, long ago uh, was it's this? Fun. this was i want to say two summers ago so it's been so a-
3: you were not even like 10 years old where you could be like
2: sorry dad like no i was like, <laughs> growing like grown up, up. anyway yeah. Yeah. grown ups
1: asking for like a 16 year old's insurance you're like insurance what are you talking about
2: i know You can't even drive tired. i still get chirped about it from the kids in the neighborhood today so
1: you should pay him back, like, when you play for the Leafs one day, you should, like, show up to his doorstep with, like, a McKenna Toronto Maple Leafs jersey and be like, sorry about that, Here, here's the insurance policy, and just, like, drop a, a jersey yeah. on his door or something. Just show him.
2: Exactly. Or do so you guys it. still
3: do that shit when you have time, or is that, was that the last straw for your Gavin Estates Hockey League?
2: No, we still play a little bit. Uh, yeah, fuck that. Whenever I mean. the weather gets better and... We're allowed. will definitely still play.
1: Yeah. Are you? Are you and Dobby just the captains, and then you guys just pick everyone like an elementary <laughs> gym class?
2: Yeah, we we usually try to get on the same team and like.
4: That's not take fair. A couple of the younger
2: guys, but uh, we usually end up going against each other.
1: Um. That's you, awesome for the kids, man. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah. I played for the Mooseheads I played for the Moosets for like eight games, and there's a bunch of kids that live on my street, and I tell them I played for the Moosehead, so I get all the love on the street here.
3: But yeah, they don't actually care. They don't even know.
1: Hey, I sign shit for them all the time. I sign high button T-shirts for them, and then
3: they just go <laughs> off and play. <laughs> what a phony! <laughs> I want to know something here. Uh, playing goalie at the at the beginning, I didn't really know what the Red Bull thing was, but it all came back to me when you told the story. But what what's his playing goalie and getting in a fight?
4: What's that? Oh, okay,
2: what? this is this is a classic. So. At Red Bull, the other weird thing is we never played on weekends there. And Sick. In the league, we in the league we played in the teams. It was a Czech U18 league or something. They would only travel to play us, so like we never went there to play them. We would just play in like tournaments there. So they would come and play us Monday night and Tuesday morning. So most. Most weekends we had off like from the team because we would train so hard during the week. So we would either Saturday night we would travel to see the uh, the pro team play. They played at another rink so we'd go watch them play. But all day Saturday we wouldn't have much on the go. So sometimes guys would take turns going goalie and we'd just go out. The ice was open all the time so we could just go out whenever we want. Unreal. So one time I was going goalie and stopping everybody and we were playing like three on three. And uh, I went to play the puck, and Noah Dobson kind of took a cheap shot and ran me when I had my back turned a little bit. (laughs) So I got up and, like, went back in the net, and he had a breakaway on me. I kind of stuck my leg out on him and tripped him. (laughs) So we dropped the stuff, and we started, like, wrestling. And we were kind of, like, joking around. And then, like, I think I hit him, and then he hit me, and we kind of got got in a hockey fight right on the ice.
1: Just two you best get buddies. Off, as soon he, as he
2: get hit. Yeah, so nobody got hit, and I think I ended up beating him with goalie gear on. So, oh, shots fired. <laughs> Will he just, agree to that, or does he? Does he think he won?
3: He probably thinks he won, but I won. <laughs> <laughs> would you fight him again if you had the chance? What if you guys lace up in the A? You guys gonna scrap? Uh, him or you're just
2: gonna dangle him. I don't. I don't think we would end up scrapping. Pretty soft. He's never gotten a fight in his
4: life, so yeah, because he's, he's too.
2: Man, he's out winning Mem Cups.
1: Yeah, he's too tired to fight. He's playing like twenty five minutes in Mem Cup, not even like thirty minutes in Mem Cup finals.
3: He played more Which than that.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, probably forty. He played like forty minutes in that finals. Something like that, yeah. He's probably more worried about the ball hockey game than PEI. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how does it work?
3: Oh, yeah. You, no, you go. No, you go ahead.
1: I just want to know about sticks when you go from junior to uh, pro. Like, now that you're not part of a junior community in Moncton, now you're with the, the Marlies, how do you order sticks now? Do you just call um, – what's the GM's name there for Toronto? Dubas. Do you just call Dubas up and, like, hey, Dubas, I need 20 sticks? Like, how does that work?
2: Um, well, in Moncton, I use Bauer. Yeah. Um. the last four years too and I'm going to be changing the CCM in the AHL you have to use CCM so oh, you have to. I'll have to yeah yeah I'll have to figure that out Um. but once this is all over it's pretty pretty easy especially being in a good market like Toronto a lot of the reps are really good to you I know the CCM uh, rep is great to me and then the trainers in Moncton uh, Craig Roper he's really good to me too so it shouldn't be too hard but you you in the in the off season, you just try and get as many sticks as you can because you don't you know you'll break lots and when, when you're training and stuff, so you just try and get as many as, as possible.
1: Okay, I'll send you my um, address and then you ship a
3: couple to me if you don't want them.
2: All right, sounds good.
3: Appreciate it.
1: All right,
2: dudes, I wanted to.
3: Uh, I just wanted to to touch qu- quickly on. It's probably a touchy subject right now, but you guys in Moncton being so good this year and, and, you know, always being top three or top five in Canada and, and having the season shut down like this. Um, I guess, I mean, obviously I know that it's shitty, but in, in your mind, in that dressing room, cause you'd know better than us. What was, uh, what was it like in there? Did you guys have full confidence that you guys were going to make a run at things and, or basically just like that?
2: Yeah, kind of reflecting looking back on the season, um, you know, having your uh, a new coach is, is a little tougher than I think people think. Uh, you know, coming in at Christmas, you got, you know, five or six new players, a new coach, it kind of takes time, uh, takes time to adjust to that. So, but once we kind of got adjusted and everyone got a feel for each other, you know, you go on a 16 game winning streak and you know, you feel untouchable, you're playing some of the best hockey. Uh, you know, I think we had a couple of Quebec road trips we like swept all of them, so Sick. you kinda of get a good feeling and then uh, you know, I thought we were peaking at the right time and it didn't really I still don't think there's a team in, in the queue that would beat us in a seven game series and you know, I think the decision was was the right one to cancel the season, but mm-hmm. you'll you'll definitely think what if uh looking back Um, what could have happened especially for all the 20 year olds that's a tough way to go I feel like the what if
3: factor in hockey is is always in play kind of thing I mean obviously if you're the basement team it's you know it's your what if is what if we could win a game but when you're the top dog and the what if I feel like is what kills you in hockey but luckily for you you got some good news right away or pretty much right away after you know having your I guess your last season in the queue shut cut short after being so good, but good news and signed with the AHL, which is sick. Like, and, um, I mean, I, I'm a Leafs fan obviously. So I'm looking forward to, for you making the jump.
1: What was the, um, what was the reception in the room when the two Mooseheads came to Moncton, Bo and, uh, McIsaac?
2: It was good. Uh, Bo came in first, so it wasn't like, uh, oh, yeah. they both yeah. came in at the same time as Jared was at world junior. So it was, uh, I think Bo knew uh, Dan, our coach, really well. I think his dad, their their dads, play with each other or they know each other. So,
1: okay,
2: it was fine. Uh, You know, there's lots of guys you meet to meet in the league where you have rivalries and stuff. But once you meet them and get to know them, you kind of forget about that stuff. So it was good to have them, and they are great players and just good people, good guys. So it was nice to have them for sure.
1: The defenseman that you had on your team—I think he was Swedish. Who dude? What was his name again? Remember, Axel Anderson. Yeah, that guy was nasty. When we came up and watched your guys' game up in Moncton, that guy controlled the play on the back end. What's he like uh, as a guy? And I, I think he's going to be in the NHL. He looked like an NHL player when we saw him. What's he like?
2: Yeah, he's a really good player and a great guy. He, uh, you know, he came over the same time as me uh, coming back from uh, Stockton. So he's a. Uh, He's a great player, and he skates well, and he sees the ice Mm -hmm. well, and has a good first pass, so that's a lot of – and he's a right shot, which that's a lot of things that, you know, NHL scouts love, so I think he'll be a great player in the future, and uh, he could definitely be an NHL. Dudes, you got one? It's just
1: crazy
2: to me to think about,
3: like – you never would have thought about this on the outside looking in is that a right-handed defenseman is like a rare, it's like a, like a rare hockey card or something like that. It's just something that scouts look for. Like if you're sick and shoot left, but they don't need a left-handed defenseman, then you're, you're basically shit out of luck. You know what I mean? It's just a crazy thought for me, but you go ahead.
1: It's yeah, it is crazy. You can make an Olympic team on being a right-handed defenseman. Like I remember the, I don't know what year it was like two Olympics ago. Babcock said there should have been tons of defensemen that made the team, but then they had to take a couple right-handed defensemen and they ended up making the team just because they shoot right. Anyways. Um,
3: oh, what was I going to ask? Was I want to ask about the Alex Gallant thing. That's oh, what gosh. I want to know because he's yeah, a friend shoot. of the show too. Tough motherfucker. Um, what's – a double fight? Is that what you said? Is that what it was? Is this in the air yeah, or is this in another... the queue? Paint the picture for us here.
2: Yeah, so um, anybody from PEI and, and the Maritimes know the Gallant brothers, how tough they are, so. Alex was, uh, my roommate in Stockton. So I, uh, Sick. I kind of knew him. He's a lot older than me, but I kind of knew him, uh, just from around Summerside. He's from Summerside too, but really got to know him in uh, in Stockton and we were coming up, uh, on the first, uh, preseason game. So, um, he, uh, I remember before the game, uh, first preseason game, he was like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to fight. I know it's the first game, uh, First game with this team, but, you know, I'm not looking to fight. It's preseason, so I wanna don't want to get in a fight. So I was like, oh, like, because everybody at home was asking me if I, you know, if I'm going to see an Alex Gallant fight live. So
0: <laughs> the game
2: goes on. I think we're losing uh, 4-1 or something. And he, he fights uh, Peluso, who's, who's another tough guy, a big mm. guy. Like, he's probably like 6'5", 6'6", compared to Alex, who's about six-foot 180. And uh, Peluso kind of got the better of him, and but it was a good long fight, like long. And uh, he goes into the dress room and the team comes in the dress room. Everybody's saying, great job, Alex. Like, good fight. He's just kind of sitting in his stall, like kind of, he's bleeding a little bit, like just sitting there. And I was like, good job, Alex. And he didn't really say anything. He goes into the box, comes out. I'm lined up to, on the, on the face off next to Peluso and he kind of says go on the left wing. So I was like, all right, I'll go on the left wing. And, and he fights him again, back to back, right, right away. And he, it was another long fight, like probably two minutes. And at the end he hit him with a right, right, right in the chin and kind of knocked him down oh. the last hit. And I, I, it was the hardest punch I've ever seen live. It was just, I couldn't believe it, how crazy it was. And I was singing to him saying, oh, no, I'm not going to get in a fight tonight and he ends up getting in two and gets kicked out and leaves. <laughs> that's <laughs>
4: that's bad. I, I can
3: just picture him because he, he didn't do the, as good as he thought in the first one, so that's all he's thinking about. I know, man, like guys like Warrens, they think like that. They're like, no, 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 I can't go it like that. I have to go swinging again. So he would have fought him five times if he didn't think that he did good enough, man. He's a, he's insane, dude.
2: Yeah, um, he's a great guy. He, he helped me out a lot when I was in Stockton and – just kind of getting adjusted and things like getting, just getting settled in. He he helped me out a lot and just inviting me out to to go to dinners with him and stuff. He, uh, he was a great guy and uh, I'll definitely always look back at what he did and, and uh, thank him.
1: That must be a nice feeling going to like a pro camp somewhere else in the world and knowing that there's a maritime connection in the room. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, there's way more Ontario players that are going to be playing pro hockey than Maritimers, but when you do get out to the pro world and you see a couple Maritimers around you, it must be like a, a nice feeling.
2: Yeah, exactly. The Maritimers are always connected around the world. Yeah. Whenever you meet one, you always kind of click. So it's always nice to have, uh, have a Maritimer around there for sure.
1: Um, I want to talk to you about your game. When dudes and I came up to Moncton and we saw you play, we were just impressed of how solid you were. No one could get the puck off you. Like, I think at the end of the game, you had, like, three assists. And, like, you're just one of those players that I thought was just solid. You you played your game. You didn't let anyone affect you of how you played. Every shift was consistent. It's not like you – it, it, well, I wouldn't say it was a rough game, but there were definitely points in the game where it was becoming a little inconsistent when other players would came out. But we just found whenever you were on the ice, you stuck to your game. You ended up with three assists, like I just said. Who's like kind of a player maybe you want to mold your game after? Because at the end of the day, like I said, when we saw you, we were impressed. You looked like a pro player. Who's the pro guy that you're kind of molding your game after?
2: That's a good question. Um, well, first of all, I would say my game, uh, I'm an offensive player, like to shoot the puck, uh, like to make plays, uh,
1: you're a great skater, also,
2: yeah, um, you know, playing good in the defensive zone, winning face-offs, good, uh, good board play, and like you said, the the puck battles are huge, especially, um, trying to get to the next level, it's the first thing that, uh, you know, scouts are looking for is how strong you are on the puck, and, um, if somebody gets it off you, how quick you can uh, get it back. And as for uh, a player, I don't really look at uh, one certain player, but I I watch a lot of NHL, so I try to take little things from each player. So it's kind of hard to say one player I play like, uh, but like I said, I try to emulate my game off of many different NHL players.
1: What's one thing that you're trying to improve on for next year?
2: I'm always trying to improve on everything. Uh, practicing my shot, uh, you know, working on the power skating. I know everyone has to work on their skating, so that's something I I focus on. And then just uh, just improving on one thing. Uh, one little thing I improved on this year is uh, that most people wouldn't think of is uh, tipping pucks, kind of getting in different positions where you can, uh, you know, get a tip on. And because it's it's hard to score on goalies, and that's one. One way you can score on them is kind of getting in front of the net, uh, screening and getting getting a tip on a puck. That's uh, something I, I want to keep improving on this year. Good stuff.
3: Dudes, you got one? I'm, I'm just enjoying the stories, man. I'm just here <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> just living through other people, buddy. That's what I do. It says we have remaining four minutes remaining on, the, on our shot clock here.
1: Yeah, but once it runs out there, I'll just like reset it and then we can just record right after that again. Um so okay. I was stretching. Uh summer plans, Jeremy. I know you're locked inside, but anything planned like on the on the horizon.
2: Um let me think. I don't really have anything planned right now because of what's going on. I just I'm not uh I'm not a big traveller. I don't know why living in PEI why you would travel, especially in the summer is not a nicer place you want to be, but um, I got plans to to come to Halifax and, uh, you know, skate with Jill Plandowski, little things like that, kind of spending little pockets of time there. I uh, I train in Charlottetown, so I, usually me and Noah drive down there uh, five, five, six times a week to, to train down there. So wow. that's kind of that with some golf at uh, Green Gables and Cavendish and then some some uh sailboat racing with my dad. That's another uh hobby I have. My dad and all my uncles have a, a sailboat, so we go racing out there uh Mondays and Wednesday nights. So that's that's pretty much my plans right now.
1: You ever go to Chester race week?
2: My dad goes every year. He's been going every year since he was a kid, so, so. I haven't went yet, but it's I think it's in August fifteenth. Yeah, it's end Something's of summer. I've been music once when Q Q camps, uh, start, so I haven't been able to go, but maybe in the future I'll get to go. Yeah. Q camps are done for you, buddy.
3: Now, yeah, you, now's your chance. That's right. What were you going to say, belly?
1: Well, that's what I was exactly going to say. Pro camp start later. So you can go this year.
3: Hopefully. So you went to Arizona camp and then you got signed by Calgary, if I'm not mistaken. And it, obviously that was just like, was that a one-year thing or was, does that contract end when you get sent back down? That's what I was curious of.
2: Yeah. So I went to uh Arizona camp after my uh, 18 year old season, I think, or 19 and uh, went to their camp and then uh, went, went to the rookie showcase in Las Vegas. So had a good camp there, uh, played in two games. I had had a f- good first game, and then the second game I had two goals against uh, Anaheim. Ended up getting sent back uh, to Moncton, and then had another good season there. And then uh, got uh, got invited. First, I went to Dallas's camp, uh, their development camp, which was right after oh. the NHL draft. And then right from there, I went to Calgary. So it was just kind of a good opportunity for you know I wasn't signed, so good, good. Uh, week to kinda of showcase myself to Calgary a team that was that was interested so I kinda of hopped right on it. Um I missed, I missed Cavendish Beach music festival but it was <laughs> uh, it was worth it was worth it in the end. So I had a good week there, a good good week of training, met a lot of guys. So Jacob Palce was there too, uh one of my good friends in Moncton. So I had a good week and ended up signing with uh Stockton one year and then uh, when I uh went back to Moncton that uh that contract uh, was, was gone. So it was terminated and kind of had a fresh start uh, another uh, year to try and win it and try and get an NHL deal. So I ended up uh, signing with the Marlies, which is a great situation and uh, just the time and effort they put into their development was kind of what intrigued me the most just to have two years to really uh, continue to work on my game and continue to, uh, work on becoming an NHL player
1: if you don't mind me asking you don't have to answer this but were there other teams that wanted to sign you this year as well and you just happened to pick the Marlies or how, how did it work
2: yeah there was uh there was a few teams that uh wanted to sign me but you know with with what's going on right now there's a lot of uncertainty especially in the NHL so just to kind of get this done at the start of the summer and know where I'm going to be going uh going at the start of the season whenever that is was uh was good news for me, and um, I'm happy uh, happy with uh, how things went and really excited to be with the mouse
1: Whenever we talk to young guys uh, I, that, you know, turn from junior to pro, I always ask them what's the one thing that they learned from almost the lifestyle of being a professional athlete. A lot of people say, not a lot, but, you know, some people will say, you know, it's, it's the way they carry themselves off the ice. It's the way they eat, you know, it's, it's the lifestyle, like the cars they drive, they, the way they dress and stuff, the, the pro guys. Like, what's the one thing? That you learned from your your little taste in pro hockey. What's the one thing you took from it and go, wow, okay, this is a little different.
2: Yeah, uh, well, the one thing I would say about pro hockey is is everyone says it's a job now, but it really is, and it's 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 about trying to trying to take take a spot from one of one of the guys on your team. You know, you're competing against the guys on your team to you try to make it to the NHL, and it's a dog eat dog world, so that's that's one thing i learned and something i took kind of from moncton as as you say the the pro hockey life is that's what you live and in major junior is just the preparation that you uh you have to take so the the preparation from you know the the week leading up to games and the work you got to put in and in practice and in workouts like just preparing for games so you can be your best and help the team uh be the best that's the the number one thing i took from uh, major junior
1: that's cool it's one thing i wish i did more was just like the preparation side of it and it's funny how a lot of people say it's the little things that equal up to the big things at the end of the day like the preparation of going into a game and things like things like that that's cool it's a good answer you ever watch you ever watch film and stuff like that that's one thing i always wish i had when i was younger was being able to watch myself play hockey i think to this day i've only seen myself skate like four times do you ever watch yourself and go oh shit i should have did this i should have did that
2: yeah i uh watch a lot of of uh film it's, it's pretty nice we have uh like an app that just has your shifts, so you don't have to go and watch the whole game you can just go no. watch your shift so it's usually like uh 20 minutes 20 25 minutes of just yourself so that's nice and you just kind of look at different things and try to try to fix different things like uh you know, if you're reaching on the floor check or something like that, or, you know, stops and starts getting to the net, could have passed here, could have shot, stuff like that, that, uh, you know, you can take in the next game to think about. Uh, so they're fresh on your mind.
3: That's now sick. when you do those video, you say you have an app with like your shifts and stuff like that. Is there anyone that's given you like any feedback or anything like that? Or is this something that you just look at on your own?
2: Yeah. So, um, I usually take one of the coaches, like uh, I usually do it with Daryl Boyce. So he's, uh, he was uh, a forward and we just kind of go over the shifts, uh, you know, from a previous game, just kind of go over little things or Josh Hepburn does it as well. Even just uh, like getting my dad to watch it with me and we just go over the shifts and stuff and you just take things you can, you know, you can pick up. Lots of things, and you know you're you're your own biggest critic, so that's uh something you try to learn and just take different things to uh to the next game is um has your dad always
3: been kind of like it was he like a passive hockey dad or was he an aggressive hockey dad or was it he he's someone who you went to all the time growing up to like um i guess give feedback on your player or was he just kind of just kind of let you do your thing and let the coaches handle it
2: uh I would say I would call it a supportive hockey dad. I think Mm. he, uh, you know, he's, he's coached most of his uh, adult life and he played as a kid and right up to a university. So he knows a lot about the game. We watch NHL all the time and he comes to all my games. So he's been to all my home games and knows, knows me as a player and knows what I should do. And, you know, they want the best for you. And um, I know my dad does. So he's just trying to help me get to the next level, which is, all, all you really need. So, uh, you know, hey man, my mom are my biggest supporters, and they, uh, you know, they helped me get to where I am today. And I'm always grateful for the sacrifices they, they've done for me and what they've, uh, they've given me and uh, my family.
1: They're so like, Jeremy, if you don't go out there and get a hat trick today, you're gonna be back working the toaster lineup at the <laughs> restaurant. So you better get her going. You're like, all right, right I'll get
2: her going. All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he's he's not quite like that, but uh, you know, he's he's supportive for sure.
3: Good stuff. That's what I was gonna say. Is is on the 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 hockey dad note? There's you know there's tons of good players that we grew up playing with, Belly. That you know their their parents were just insane, like you're screaming at them and stuff like that, like do this and do that. But obviously, you didn't have to go through that, which is good. That was more or less my question, I guess. Uh, I know for me, my old man, you know, if he told me something, I'd be like, you know, how the fuck do you know? You never played, right? So. It's just like one of those things, you know, that the parents have a big part in that when you're growing up. I know that everybody knows they sacrifice a ton, but it's, you know, a mindset. It's the, I guess the atmosphere at home that really kind of plays a difference for that kind of stuff. And obviously you got to go through a good one. So that's good.
1: Good stuff, Jeremy. What, we're almost at like 50 minutes here. We're killing it.
3: What, I don't even know. I feel like I haven't talked to people in, in years. I know. <laughs> What are you doing the rest of the day, Jeremy?
2: Uh, Today, I'm probably going to go outside for a bike ride today. Just enjoy the nice weather and then maybe watch a movie tonight, play some ping pong, Nothing, (laughs) nothing much.
3: I'll be over in about three hours. Ping pong, it sounds unreal. It's like it like
1: you just signed, like, your pro contract. It's like, you know, you should be out celebrating, have a good time with the boys. And it's like, yeah, I got to go ride a bike, play some ping pong, watch a movie. Stay away from people. Stay away. It's my, <laughs> mom's, it's my mom's birthday today right now. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, what the fuck you think I'm doing? Nothing. I like, <laughs> can't do anything. Everyone's stuck. But no, like, it's just fun being able to talk hockey. I miss the boys so much. Dang. That's why That's I said just I'm just here for it. the ride. Do you do this, Jeremy? Do you ever, like, get on face call with, like, any of your friends and just like talk
2: yeah uh not as much as i'd like but you know you've lots of friends lots of hockey friends over the years and you try and catch up with them as much as you can Uh, but you know there's not much going on with me and i'm sure it's the same with a lot of guys so there's not too much to talk about you just yeah kind of talk about the you know the old times and the memories you have so it's uh, not as much as i'd like but maybe that's something i can work on doing
1: well, you're going to have a lot more memories coming here in the near future, I can guarantee you that. So congratulations, man, on everything once again. That's awesome. Can't wait thank to you. watch in the and light. When we come up to Toronto, you got to hook us up with tickets again, though, and we'll hook you up with some high-button sports swag, all right? Deal? Yeah, I need some swag for sure. We'll get, we'll get it up to you.
2: Perfect.
1: All right, Jeremy, once again, man, thank you very much for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we'll be in touch soon soon as this is all over we're in pei all the time so we, honestly we could be up in pei this summer but you also did say that you'll be in halifax this summer too so we could meet Get up then too when you come in yeah sounds good all right we are out Peace.
0: when i wake up in the morning love and the sunlight hurts my eyes and something without wanna love bears heavy on my mind